Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It's an honor and delight to be here today with Rabbi Dr. Bert Visotsky, who is Appleman Professor of Midrash and Interreligious Studies at the Jewish Theological Seminary, where he directs the Milstein Center for Interreligious Dialogue and is the Louis Stein Director of the Finkelstein Institute for Religious and Social Studies there. Rabbi, thank you for taking time to talk. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. It's a great thing to be here. Thank you so much. So um, I want to talk about via hafta l'reacha kamocha, loving our fellow as ourself. Um, to start, as a as a scholar, not only of of Jewish texts but also of Christian texts, how have Jews and Christians interpreted um, this differently? And is there a clear separation between these two approaches, or is there a pretty heavy overlap? So let me start with general interpretation of scripture. And I, I just want to remind your listeners that in the early era of Christianity, the first few centuries of Christianity, when they referred to scripture, they were referring to what they ultimately came to call the Old Testament, the Tanakh, because that was the Bible they had. It's only in the second century and beyond that they got to have what they now call a New Testament. So there is a great deal of scriptural interpretation going on between Chazal, our rabbis, and church fathers. In similar times, second, third, fourth century, what we would call the era of the Gemara. And um, a lot of it took place in Eretz Yisrael. And in Eretz Yisrael and its surroundings in the Mediterranean basin, rabbis and church fathers were both also using, much as you and I would use modern methodologies to read Midrash or, or the Parshat Pashavah, they were using as it were, their modern methodologies, which were Greco-Roman training. So many of the rabbis and many of the church fathers had classical training, which means that they approached the Tanakh in the same way. They interpreted it using the same methods, but of course came to different conclusions. The lens, if you will, by which the church read scripture was the lens of Jesus. And the lens by which our sages of blessed memory read scripture was God, Torah, and Israel, the Brit. And, and as a rule of thumb, I think that is true. Now, within the rabbinic world, there were kind of two broad approaches to how we read the Bible. One was the approach of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva used to, as they say, he would be Dore Shavavim, um, that even the letter Vav, and any of your people who are Torah readers or had an Aliyah, know Vav seemed to appear, disappear, come, go. Um, and he would make meaning, um, make halachic hay, if you will, out of uh, a Vav. Um, although in truth, there's no 
undisputed place anywhere in Sifrut Chazal that he actually does that. But the point was, he was able to read rabbinic halacha in scripture. He was a very creative reader that way. As you know, uh, Hilchot Shabbat, not so much in the Bible, but the rabbis always found a way to read it in. Um, as they say, it's like a mountain suspended by a hair. His colleague, however, Rabbi Yishmael, disagreed with Rabbi Akiva. And he said to Rabbi Akiva, This is not the way we read. The Torah speaks in human discourse. So just because there's a repetition of a word, like mot, yumat, it doesn't mean you're going to die in this world and die in the world to come. It just means you're going to die. So um, Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Akiva had very differing approaches to how they read. And not surprisingly, in the church, similar differences appear. There were church fathers who read, as it were, Kif Shuto, they read the Pshat. And then there were church fathers who always read allegorically. And they would, for instance, I'll give you a very good example. They would read Shir Hashirim as a allegory of Christ's love for the church. Of course, I mentioned Rabbi Akiva, who famously reads Shir Hashirim as an allegory of God's love for Israel. And um, if you read a pshat of Shir Hashirim, although, as you know, your pshat and my pshat may differ, but um, the pshat of Shir Hashirim is its love poetry and its bucolic poetry. It's about a shepherd and his beloved. Now, I think it's nice to read it as God in Israel or for the church to read it as Christ in the church because it's a book of great beauty and a book of great love. And those are the things we associate with God. And part of loving God and part of God's beauty is the commandment that God gives us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Very nice, very nice. So um, very helpful. So on the level of, um, of particularism and universalism, uh, obviously some people translate reyecha as your fellow Jew, and some translate it as your fellow. Um, how, how do you think we should read this text? And, and what, are some of the, uh, what are some of the frameworks that, that can guide us? Well, you're absolutely right. There are some interpreters in the Jewish community who read reyecha and kamocha, and they read it as the, love your neighbor as yourself, the neighbor who is most like yourself, meaning reyecha Yisrael, the neighbor who is a Jew. And that's a very particular reading. But in the Torah, even at the spot, it's very clear that it also comes to include gerim. And when it, it says gerim there, it doesn't mean converts to Judaism. It means your neighbors, those who are living among you. In other words, um, immigrants, things like that, but non-Jews. And I would say the overarching trend in interpretation of scripture is reacha means also non-Jews. Certainly Jews, but also non-Jews. Yeah, very nice, very nice. So um, circling back to this Jewish-Christian relations for a moment um, and the different interpretations of text, you know, so much of this happened decades ago uh, when we look at Jewish-Catholic relations in the 60s and the like. But I wonder, what's the most pressing issue today in Jewish-Christian relations? With two frameworks. One, what's the most pressing issue of concern for Jews um, in, in, in that relationship? And what's the most pressing mutual concern? So let me first point out that, um, because I don't know when you're going to air this, 
that we're speaking Erev Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Um, so first of all, I wish everybody a sweet Pesach. But this is a Pesach unlike any other. We are, and I'm speaking from New York, where we are locked down um, in the COVID-19 virus. And uh, God willing, in, in the West Coast, you'll stay good. You'll be able to go and do your work. But um, it is a time of unprecedented tragedy. And I think it colors the work of the church and the synagogue. Uh, but as you mentioned, it's been a long time since the church, who were our implacable enemies, but since Vatican II in the 1960s, little by little over the decades, the church has stopped being our enemy. They've made a theological 180 degree turn and they are now our friends. And I think that's real. So the question isn't what are the issues we disagree with? We don't have a, a dialogue of grievance. What we have now is an opportunity to look around and say, okay, the church, the synagogue, and by the way, also the mosque, all of the religions that are the Abrahamic religions share the command to love your neighbor. All of these religions share the command to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, um, to give people housing, to care for the poor. So the question, and it's an urgent moral question, all the more so with the virus, is how do we do that? How do we work together and put aside whatever other differences we have to make sure that people have a home to go to? Um, in New York, when they're telling you shelter in place, well, you need a place. So let's start with housing. Let's start with making sure that people aren't going to bed hungry. Let's make sure there are shelters for people. And if church and synagogue and mosque combined together, Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, or as my Muslims would, fray, would say, Alhamdulillah. Um, many years ago now, and it's really a long time ago, the mosque on 96th Street on the east side and the students at JTS once a month would go together to the Presbyterian church and together we would prepare meals to feed New York's hungry. So first of all, it was like getting the trifecta. You know, we had Muslims, Christians, Jews, and funny thing, we're all sitting there preparing a meal. And while we're working in a kitchen, we're sharing our life stories. And you know what? We all have kids, we all have tsuras, we all have simchas, and we all have the mitzvah to care for those in need. So it, it's a great moment. And right now it's an urgent moment that that mitzvah should loom large, that we care for one another and love one another. I mean, beautiful, beautiful. So my last question for you, picking up on that point, is it's clear that the mandate of the hour is to leverage those relationships that have been cultivated and deepened for humanitarian relief and to put this pasuk, put this verse of loving our neighbor into practice in the deepest way. I wonder, should rabbis and academics and theologians um, be thinking about or putting out theology right now um, is theology something helpful for framing this moment, or is the humanitarian so need so deep that um, theological work uh, may may be offensive or an intrusion? No, I think that, that in in fact at that moment, I, as we would say in Aramaic, hainuhach, the theological work that we do is not theoretical; it's practical. Um, uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel once famously said when he was marching with King, I'm praying with my feet, right? And I think we have to do theology with our feet and our hands, um, whether it's writing op-eds together, 
or literally making peanut butter sandwiches together or helping build housing together or writing letters to Congress or our local officials together to make sure um, when we join together and when you have a Jew and a Christian and a Muslim, and by the way, it doesn't have to be clergy. It should be even, as we say, a prostitute, um, out there joining together literally with neighbors, keeping social distance. Um, but, um, but when we join together that way, people pay attention. People pay a lot of attention. If it's just a Jewish issue, okay, it's a nice Jewish issue. But if it is very clear that we're reaching across community to care for one another, it makes a difference. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. Wishing you continued bracha and hatzlacha on all your work. Yes, and, and when the time comes, a chag kasher v'sameach.